Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. And welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and today I will be speaking with Dr. Paul Fern, who is a published author and a philosopher who lives with schizophrenia. Dr. Paul Fern is here today to talk about his latest book, Paul Verlaine. But before we get started, I'd just like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. They're the traditional owners of the land in which I am coming to you from today. Land where we here at Brainwaves tell our stories and land where stories have been told by the traditional owners for many years before us. And we would also like to pay our respects to the elders, past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Brainwaves. Um, now, this isn't your first time on Brainwaves. We've had you on a couple of times now, and I understand that you also used to be presenter for Brainwaves too, which is pretty cool. So you're here today to talk about your latest book, Paul Verlaine. But before we get started on that, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a writer? Um, sure, Caitlin. I had my first psychotic episode in 1998. Mm-hmm. Just so happened I kept a diary during that time. It was very fortuitous. I didn't really think about it at the time. I was just writing my thoughts down. And uh, so I had a diary. So I recovered pretty much from the episode and went on to do an honours degree at Melbourne University in English and philosophy. Uh, I stayed at Melbourne and went on to a Master of Arts in the philosophy of arts at Melbourne, uh, then a PhD at La Trobe in philosophy on schizophrenia. Wow. Yeah, so a bit of a journey there. Yeah. And then I, I was getting towards the end of my PhD and I thought to myself, hey, I'd, I'd love to have a writing career after my PhD. That would be ideal. Uh, so I... Uh, dusted up the diary and I sent it to Alan and Unwin. Uh, it's a big Australian publisher. Uh, they sent it back saying, look, uh, we don't normally publish this sort of thing unless the author is already famous. Uh-huh. That was fair enough. So uh, I Googled mental health publisher and Chip Munker Publishing in the UK came up. So I sent them my manuscript and they accepted it. So that was great. Oh, good. Yep. Uh, but a few other things happened as well. I, uh, a few months went by and the paperback came out and I was looking for a place to launch the book. So my initial thought was there's a great literary hotel in North Fitzroy called the North Fitzroy Star. Uh-huh. And they have penguin editions up uh, above the fireplaces, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Sounds uh, cool. <laughs> it's a very cool pub. 
But at the same time, I got an email from the Melbourne Writers' Festivals. Uh, I think I was on their newsletter e-list, and they said, the email said, launch your book at the Melbourne Writers' Festival. So that's great. So I applied, and they accepted. Oh, that's awesome. So a bit closer to the time of the launch, Natasha Mitchell from Radio National picked up the story, and she interviewed me on her show, All in the Mind. And then a, a writing career was born. Awesome. Now, um, Paul Verlaine isn't your first book. And as you've just mentioned, you did have the, your diary that turned into a novel as, or into a book as well. So can you tell us a bit about some of your other books? Sure. Uh, a, a book that might interest your listeners uh-huh. uh, was my autobiography uh, called Walking Between Raindrops. That's a Kindle book on Amazon. Uh, and that details my time in academia. Okay. Uh, with the Melbourne Writers Festival, Natasha Mitchell. Also, I was very fortunate enough to go to the Emerging Writers Festival one year. Uh-huh. And as a result of that, the ABC News 24 were filming. So I got on there and that, and that was a great thrill. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And that sounds like a great book for any budding writers too. It is. Um, it just shows anyone can do it. You just got to have determination. Yeah, absolutely. So, what is your book, Paul Verlaine, about? And oh, actually, no. Before we get talking about that, I know you've got some other books there. Did you want to mention some of those as well? Sure. Um, I self-published a few books many years ago, and they're on Amazon. So, Journal Philosophic is one of them. It's a it's a book I wrote just before my master's. If you go to amazon.com in the States, they have about 19 of my books. So, Oh, wow. That's a good collection. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely pop some information in the show notes so people can have a look at some of your other work. Yeah. That sounds amazing. But, yeah, today we are here to talk about your book, Paul Verlaine. So can you tell us what your book, Paul Verlaine, is about and how, how maybe it relates to some of the other work that you've done? Sure. Paul Verlaine is a book written in poetic prose. Mm-hmm. And it's addressed to Paul Verlaine. So it uses Verlaine to bounce off poetic brevities, I call them. Okay. And what, and what is a poetic brevity? Uh, little snippets of poetic prose. Okay. Yep. Um, so there's, a, there's, there's smatterings of information about the poet and his work. Uh-huh. But, uh, the main impetus for the book is just the poetic resonances. And it's a, it's a poetic prose is a form of writing that I've really taken up with. Uh, this is now a series of books on French 19th century poets uh, using prose poetry. So, yeah, it's... So how many other books in the series? Uh, there's one on Rimbaud, there's one on Baudelaire, there's one on Malmé, and there's uh, now this Paul Verlaine book. Wow, that's fantastic. So who was Paul Verlaine? I mean, we know he was a poet, obviously, but, but can you tell us a bit, bit more about him? Yeah, sure. Uh, he got married pretty early. He uh, he was reputedly very ugly. <laughs> That's uh, a really interesting <laughs> way to describe a poet. I don't think I've heard that before. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, but he, he wooed his future wife using um, using poetry, and the poetry was so good that it ended up in a book that was published. Wow. So, is that some tips out there for some uh, some people looking for love? Is get into poetry. <laughs> That was my great idea when I first got interested in poetry. I could meet women. Ah, excellent. I love it. I, I, think, love I it. think I was 16 at the time. <laughs> Fantastic. So how did that work for him? 
he end, it was fine. He ended up getting a separation uh-huh. uh, in the end, but he went on to have a companionship with Arthur Rimbaud. He's another poet that you've written about as well. That's right, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, a French tutor in an English grammar school for a while. He took up farming for a bit with not much success. He went back to Paris and found himself wildly famous. But he, it wasn't all happiness for him because he had a lot of health conditions that needed hospitalisation. He sometimes spent six months in hospital. Oh, wow. For various conditions. Yeah. Uh, he... When he was well enough, he gave a lecture in Oxford. So oh, he wow. travelled over from Paris to Oxford and gave a lecture. He was accorded the title Prince of Poets, voted in by his peers. That's a good title to have, I think. Yeah, it really. There was a, it was an important role to play in Paris at that time in the 19th century. So do you think that your writing style is similar to any of the poets that we've previously talked about here or that you've written about? Yeah, probably I would have to say Charles Baudelaire. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book of prose poetry that I used to take with me whenever I was travelling. Oh, wow. Uh, and every time I travel, I would take this book with me and I would read it. Uh, I don't know if I've got the book still, but the influence has, has persisted and I write my books down in poetic prose. Wow. That's really amazing. And... As someone with schizophrenia, how has writing helped with your mental health, do you think? Yeah, I'm a great believer that suffering can improve writing. Um, just from my experiences and also from reading into the history of literature. There's so much suffering with all of them, isn't there? It's amazing. It's, yeah. People suffer so much for their for their books. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's quite amazing. Mm. Um and so what better thing, to, you, don't, you don't have to, if you have a mental illness, you don't have to go out and seek suffering. <laughs> suffering is already there. It's there. It's there for you waiting. So, so you've got this little kit ready and waiting for you to use. <laughs> and then you can get into it and start writing and produce these great words. Yeah. And enjoy yourself as much as you can and have a great life. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that perspective. I think that's, that's wonderful to, to, you know, using what you already have and turning it into something beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now, how, how long has this book taken for you to be able to put it together? Uh, probably seven, eight, eight months. Um, I started at the start of the year. So there was editing and then there was the publisher and then... There was its release date, which is, which is a very exciting thing they do these days. They release, release books on, um, on a release date, so something mm-hmm. to build up to. It's always good to have something to build up to. I think that's always important, something to celebrate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Get out definitely. the bubbles. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, um, do you find any similarities between, you know, the poets that we've talked about here today or the poets that you've written about? They all suffered. They all suffered. Yeah. They all suffered. Uh, Rimbaud went to Africa and his letters from that time just just uh, have an immensity of suffering. Uh, Baudelaire had his creditors. Uh, uh, Mellamé had his teaching and, uh, and Paul Verlaine. Um, so they all had tormentors, really, didn't they, in one way they, or another? They, they did. They were all, um, yeah, they... 
that, and they all approached it in their own way too. Mm. And they, so there's sometimes there's a certain nobility about about people who are, who are esconded in uh, personal suffering and to rise above that. Yeah. Um, there's a certain nobility there. And when you read the biographies of these people, you just get a beautiful sense of uplifting and, and just just the, the palpable release when you read about uh, their final years or and what what they were able to achieve and despite everything they'd gone through as well. And despite everything they've gone through, some of them, like Borlaire, weren't that recognized during their lifetime. And so they would have gone through all this amazing suffering and then not had any fruit from it. Not realized. But then they must have hoped at least that Mm. posterity would take up the mantle. Yeah. And see these see the work of these great poets through. Yeah. So now I understand that you have a PhD, which you've already mentioned. So can you tell our listeners about your PhD? Sure. Um, my PhD was at the Trove. It uh-huh. was in philosophy on schizophrenia. Uh, it had a chapter on Heidegger and schizophrenia. Sorry, what's that? That sounds interesting. Uh, Heidegger, Martin Heidegger was a German philosopher. Okay, yep. Um, so Heidegger, Martin Heidegger and schizophrenia. So I used his work in Being in Time mostly. His, his, his work used material there to interpret what schizophrenia might be. Uh-huh. So I did a similar thing with Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein was a little bit Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein was a little bit different. He he worked in the philosophy of language. Martin Heidegger worked in in ontology, uh, questions of the meaning of being. Okay, yeah, excellent. So Wittgenstein was into the philosophy of language. So I I, I used Wittgenstein's work on defining a word uh so i used that work by wittgenstein to help us define schizophrenia wow that sounds amazing i did my honors thesis on wittgenstein so i've always had a an affinity for him yeah i worked on freud a little bit you can't help but work on freud when <laughs> everyone's got to work on freud don't they <laughs> yeah that's true that's true so and also Rigor Ray, Lucy Rigor Ray and Deleuze and Guattari, uh-huh. uh, more continental philosophers. That's, I've always been drawn to the continental stream of philosophy. Oh. So that was the PhD. It got picked up by Scholars Press uh-huh. and is available on Amazon. It's called A Philosophical Response to the Questions Posed by Schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Well, that's definitely something to look out for. As I said earlier, I'll make sure I include information about all of this in the show notes. Sure. And, you know, speaking of, you know, your work, for other listeners who may not have read your book, Diary of a Schizophrenic, would you be able to talk about your experiences with psychosis? Sure. Um, I believe that light and sound could enter my mind and damage it in some way. Uh-huh. So that makes life pretty hellish. Well, light and, light and sound's kind of around everywhere, isn't it? That's right. So <laughs> maybe a glint of sunlight off a car window or uh, the sound of someone shoveling some gravel, I believe, could damage my mind. So, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Uh, I, I had a, a more typical delusion at that time. I don't know if I wrote about it in the diary, which I don't think I did. But I was watching biblical TV and felt like special messages uh, yep. were being sent towards me. Yeah. 
also on game shows. Um, I believe that special messages were being sent to me. And a really odd one, I believe my mind was so powerful I could turn off streetlights as I took my nightly walk. Wow, so that's a lot that, that you were going through. And, and how did you manage that? Uh, not, not the best. Um, I, I got through in the end. Um, that's the main thing. Yeah. And, and how, would you, how would you say that you manage your mental health these days, especially with COVID? Um, I take lots of breaks. Um, it hasn't been easy these last few weeks with getting the book out. Uh, there's a lot to do remotely. So I've been working on that. But on the whole, I take a lot of breaks. I do a lot of walking. Walking is my preferred form of exercise. Uh-huh. So I, I walk. And yeah, it's uh, I've been quite fortunate. I've, I've I take my medication regularly. Everyone happy is with how is happy with how I'm going. I have a psychiatrist, uh, and I have a good support team with my family. And well, that sounds good. It sounds like you've yeah. got got all the boxes ticked, which is really helpful. Um, where do you get your inspiration for writing? Um, sometimes um, a book can feel as if it's preformed, just comes, and just have to write it down. Yeah, it's it's a funny funny experience, and it's happened to me a few times. Can you tell us about one of those times? Sure. Um, my second book, uh, I wrote my second book on Anthony Nato. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called a schizophrenic on our toe, and that was when uh, I was involved with the Brainwave show. Oh, cool! Yep. So, very fortunately, uh, Brainwaves recorded the speeches at the launch. The launch was at Readings in Carlton. Uh-huh. Speeches were broadcast, but the, in terms of the book, I w- it was like I was channeling it. I was just. Uh, and the writing just came. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's great. And do you have any other books um, that you're working on right now? Yeah, I'm going to have a bit of a break for a bit, although there's not much to do with having a break these days. So I'll probably get into it pretty quick smart. And I'll probably work on a book on Byron, Lord Byron, yeah. Um, uh, 19th century romantic English poet. It seems like you've got to, to become known, you've got a 19th century is the, ben, is the benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> I um, wonder what will be our future 19th century. <laughs> that's right. So he uh, had a great life, did many adventures, many adventures, uh, wrote, I remember once I had a second edition of the Gior, one of Byron Byron's books, uh-huh. um, many years ago. So, yeah, he, uh, he really lived life to the full. <laughs> and did he have that, uh, you know, much-needed suffering that poets have? He went into exile, so oh, okay. he well, probably that, did. That's probably going to be some suffering, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, when is the book Paul Verlaine being launched and how can people get a copy of, the, of, of Paul Verlaine or any of the other books? Launches are a bit problematic at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I have launched in the past at the back center. We'll see how the restrictions go. Okay. Might hopefully be a future book. Maybe we'll see. Awesome. And so, is there a way that maybe people can sort of follow, you know, what you're doing, or do you do you have any social media where you make announcements or anything like that? Um, I'm on Twitter. You're on Twitter. Excellent. So I can add your Twitter info. But if you want to give people your Twitter handle, that'd be great. Sure. It's Paul Fern at the release. Awesome. I'll just you can get the um, the Paul Verlaine book on Amazon in oh, Australia. Okay. And the uh, and the UK and the in the states. Yeah, and and that's um, physical and Kindle, or is that just yeah, yeah that's that's Kindle and physical as well. Beautiful, awesome, that's great. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that and and everything that you've shared today about your about your books and your and your past. I feel very honoured to you know be sitting here with you and listening to everything that you've had to say today. What advice would you give anyone who is listening who would like to get involved in writing, but, you know, they might be worried that their mental health could potentially be a barrier? It is because you have a mental health issue that you are a great writer. I think that's what it comes down to. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, And it's not an impediment to your writing. It's it's a matter of fact... something that is really required. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I remember uh, I, when I was on Brainwave as a presenter, I had a show with uh, Graham Doyle. Uh, his artwork adorned the Mental Health Act a little while ago. And I remember saying to him, we're talking about poetry and mental illness. And I was saying to him, now, what we have in schizophrenia is a loosening of association of thoughts and writing. Um, but that's exactly how, that's exactly what great poetry trades in. The, what you want to do in great poetry is surprise people with your associations. And that's exactly what can happen in people suffering from schizophrenia or mental illness. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great advice, definitely. And before we go today... Would you like to read a small piece from Paul Verlaine as a bit of a teaser for our listeners? Sure, I'll do that. Okay, Paul Verlaine. Verlaine, what of your need to nestle up to the stars and have your chance at redemption? Be that as it may, there is something here that lets only the best through. We will come again and see the way to be clear. Can you come again? The clouds are enough to, to round us off to sleep. I see your languishing and know it to be one of hope. You once said poetry was a curse, but let us see about that. There are times in amongst it we see ourselves for what we really are. Verlaine, hoping against hope, your hospital stays were simply to treat multiferous conditions. What you needed was nothing other than the breeze at your back and a chosen will at your side. Be the strength we have and there will be an offering. Watching as if by need, calling without the sense to stop. You had your white angel and your black angel and indeed everything in between, but they were your lovers and your guides. Be that as it may, there are times for freedom for a sow. Verlaine, have you come again? Do you see yourself to be the true and the tried? What is left of all of us once we have read your life? There are passages in this book that leave us rattled 
and then we rally and are relieved at our own life. There is nothing like this, nothing in the snow or at the land. Be the combination of this to that, and yours will be an adventure of vast proportions. Do not sing. The clouds will not stir, and the vacant ash will have no need of the world. Belaine, there is in these leaves the sound of, of the world. And here, where we feel grounding of things, a new type of soul, one that has no recourse to the wind, nor belief in the suffering of others, there will come a time for release. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. And I hope our listeners find that just as beautiful as I have and they get out there and uh, get onto Amazon and have a look at your book. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming on the show today. That's Um, my pleasure. It's been wonderful and it's great to see you again and take care of yourself and we'll hopefully have you again on the show for your next book. That's great. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming on the show today and talking to us about your new book, Paul Verlaine. I hope that everyone has enjoyed today's show. And um, just so that you know, I'll make sure that I pop all the details about Dr. Paul Fern and his works in our show notes today. So, yeah, with that, you can find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on Spotify or wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcast. And if you've got a story to share or if you want to send us some feedback or suggestions, for future shows, please email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please stay safe and know that we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.